This is the Ogilvy Podcast. I'm Chris Saletti. And I'm Carter Pearson. Hey, Chris, you ever finished transcribing that interview with Pat Metzger? Uh, I, I did, but um, I, I did have a question. Um, so let me let me circle back with him and uh, triple confirm. Uh, I'll, I'll loop you in, and, and then we can just close the chain on that. Wait, wh- what did he just say? Office jargon. We've all heard it. We all do it. We've all definitely made fun of it. Where did this insidious language of shooting emails, grabbing coffee, and the mother of all jargon, circling back, come from? And what does it say about office culture that we take four words when one will do and create a code language to ask simple questions like, where's my file? Or why did you do that this way? We talked to Michael DeSalvo about office jargon, where it came from, why it exists, and how you can break the habit to say what you actually mean. I'm here with Michael DeSalvo, Vice President of Health and Wellness at Ogilvy. Michael, thank Hello. you for joining me. Thank you for having me back. Yes, you're back. This is your second appearance on the podcast. That makes you a friend of the pod. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm a, a friend, friend of the, of the pod. Which, I thought I was a friend of you, but I guess well, a friend of the pod. Both. Um, but that that's a good launching point for our topic today because we're talking about jargon and buzzwords and phrases and that's one that's always interested me is this i this i've heard on previous podcasts is whenever there's a returning guest they always say friend of the pod <laughs> it's just to distinguish between all the enemies of the pod yes. <laughs> that, that we have i guess that somebody who's never come on is an enemy is an enemy an of enemy. the pod so we have a lot of enemies out there the, but um what's interesting is that with a lot of these terms that we're going to sort of talk about and uh and get into is there's an element of subculture here. That's where buzzwords and phrases come from, I think, is, is you have a, a, a sort of closed subculture, whether that's an office or an industry yeah. even. Or- I'm, so I'm a fan of jargon because if you have to BS in your personal life like I do, it's helpful because it just lets you talk longer without actually saying anything. <laughs> but the, I think we talked on the last episode that I was on that buzzwords... Are, there aren't always better. They don't start out bad. They start right. out as good words. Yes. And the jargon is like, it's like the the spring 2014 collection. Like it was hot <laughs> at the time, but now it's like outdated and overdone. Yes. But yes. at some point, there were all these buzzwords that and, yeah. worked. Uh, yeah. And, and what's interesting about, specifically I think about office culture phrases and buzzwords, is that... I feel like a lot of them actually, and I know we'll get, I, there's one on your list in particular that, that um, so let's, you know, let's just get into it. There's one on your list, I think it's actually at the bottom, but it's touch base. <laughs> so, so when what you, it you, what's that? I Googled what it meant. Did you? Yeah. Did, did you get baseball images or? No one knows. No one the, knows. <laughs> there's, there's two theories on touch base. Okay. One is baseball. Yeah. That you're both touching the base at the same time. Okay. But... Based on my knowledge of baseball, you like don't do that in baseball. It's pretty <laughs> Two rare. people don't touch the base at the same. Yeah. It's not like, hey, buddy, meet me at third. <laughs> right. We'll go home together. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a, I, a I satellite thing. Yeah. There's another one. Touch base. Okay. Touch down. All right. If yep. you, but I, I don't necessarily understand. Yeah, it's where it comes from. It's a weird thing. Like, and obviously, like most people use it in it 
as a sort of like in, you know I'll, we'll get I'll get back to you on something like or you know after after there's a meeting you know at the or at the very end of a meeting it's a good way to conclude a meeting is to be like you know um, okay so we uh, you know I'll get back to you on that and and we'll touch base on Monday about <laughs> about the the report that whatever it is um, and yeah I mean the, the baseball thing is interesting to me because obviously like you said two people on the same base doesn't really make <laughs> any sense the other thing that make the touch base in a baseball sense means is like so obviously if you get to the base you're safe yeah right so maybe there's like a comfort aspect <laughs> there it's like it's like there's an unknown here, and we will touch base on Monday, and we'll be we'll be safer when we get there. But, but the thing is, is that so in baseball, if you touch base, you, you've like stopped running. Like you, yeah, you've gotten there, you're safe. Right. Whereas in the workplace, if you touch base, you're like in trouble. Yeah. Like you have work to do. That's right. your starting point. Exactly. I was actually just thinking, like, I'm trying to think what are other words we could use instead of touch base. Right. And I was thinking, like, oh, maybe it's catch up. But that, that's a whole other piece of jargon. I have no idea what catch up means either. Yeah, no, it's so true. It, someone actually told me about jargon. This is probably the best advice I've ever gotten. And it's still true. This was the first year I started working. They said, when you enter the workforce, your first level is understanding all the jargon. Understanding yeah. where, where it comes from, not necessarily, but understanding what it means. Yeah. The second level is using that jargon. <laughs> right, right. And then they said the truest thing that I've ever said, I've ever heard, is that the third level is you know you've made it when you can misuse jargon and nobody corrects you. <laughs> and then jargon in itself, all these buzzwords are, they're very pervasive, but incorrect usages of them are even more pervasive. Yeah. And yeah. it's actually very impressive because you, you learn to interpret these things that literally make no sense right. and mean nothing. Yeah. Things like, I heard someone say, uh, we're burning the night at both ends. And I, <laughs> and I, and I, guess, I guess we were. I know. guess so, yeah. Like someone uh, had told me that the word uh, to table something, like, oh, kind of like I don't want to be bothered. Like, let's not talk about that now. Let's table let's that ta- Let's later. table the discussion about X for later. In, in the U.S., that means let's not talk about yeah, it. Let's, let's yeah. put that on the table, off the table. Right. <laughs> but in the U.K., in the, in the Queen's English, not the President's English. Right. To table something, you say, oh, let's table that. It means let's raise that for discussion. Yeah. Which makes a lot more sense to me than I think. Put it on the table. Put it on the table. Right. Let's table it. We're all sitting around. It's like to table something means like we're all sitting around a table waiting for for food or something. And then when you table the food, it's there and you and you reckon with that food. So, tape, yeah. When you start diving into these words that you use all the time and start questioning them, a lot of them come from pop culture. Yeah, the, of course. There's a few that you hear people use and then when you dive into them, it's like shocking. Like the, I use the term drink the Kool-Aid all the time. It means right. like, yeah. maybe yeah. I'm buying into this too much yeah, or like into the hype like, right, of something. Yeah. We've actually used it in a positive way. Like, oh, he's such a brand advocate. He really drinks the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I looked it up. I was like, why is, Kool- like, is Kool-Aid a great brand? And it stems back to the 70s. There was this cult, like murder suicide. There was this ritual suicide. Not where I thought this was going. No, and there was a cult where if 
you would drink the Kool-Aid laced with LSD to be part of the cult. And then one day, the cult leader put cyanide in it. And people willingly drank the Kool-Aid drank the to Kool-Aid. commit suicide. Wow. That is so gruesome. It is so gruesome. Someone were to say that to you, you would... And how, yeah, how did, how did we get... People use it like talk about sushi. Like, oh, you try yeah. the new sushi place? I totally drink the I Kool-Aid drink the on Yaki sushi. Yeah. It's so, like it's just don't drink the Kool-Aid. Is the don't point. drink like, the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Is the point. There's another one that's like drink the Kool-Aid that um, it, it makes sense. The, the origin makes sense, but it's just a weird place it comes from. Okay. The term jump the shark. Yes. So that's if something's overplayed, has gotten too. Omnipresent is ridiculous. Right. Over, yeah, overused, overblown. Right. It's no longer authentic. Yes. It's jump the shark. Right. And usually, though, I don't mean to cut you off, but it usually seems to come from something that previously was like, was, was great. We enjoyed this. We, you know, oh, this was, this was innovative at the time, or it was, you know, really interesting. And then it sort of just like, in one instant, just like, well, now it, it lost its, yep. it lost its, uh, so, so where did this, where it did comes this come from? from? It's one of the cooler origin stories. So you know the sitcom Happy Days? Yes. So in Happy Days, Happy Days was a, a cultural phenomenon. Everyone wanted to be Fonzie. He was a cool guy. Right. And there was one episode in one of the later seasons where Fonzie literally water skied and jumped over a shark. And fans of the show and critics marked that moment as the point where the show became so ridiculous that it was no longer cool. Right. And that it was just on for the sake of being a show. Right. And that's such a cool origin story. It really it makes is. sense. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's literal. He literally... I yeah. never thought that jump the shark would right. be a literal meaning. So there's a word that's pretty pervasive. We use it almost every day, whether it's keynote or PowerPoint. It's the term is deck. Right. You know, did you work on that deck? Did you finish that deck? I got to stay late. Right, not all these decks to work on, not presentations or yeah. um, whatever other word and, you might use for it. Yeah. And where it comes from, it's actually more pervasive in the ad industry than any other because we do a lot of presentations. Yep. And it, I believe it originated in the ad industry because we used to do presentations on literal slides in a slide projector. Right. And you would show your creative, or you bring in boards. So the slide projector, the slides for the slide projector were about the size of a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And each card individually, you would stack it up and you would put it in a box and it would literally be a deck of slides yep. instead of a deck of cards. Right. And then as we digitized that, it became this word that you, yeah, that no longer means what it's supposed intended to mean. Right. But in the digital age, we have words like that all the time. We're just not bothered by them. Yeah. Like cut and paste is a perfect right. example. Absolutely, That's yeah. something that we used to do in the physical world. Now you're not actually cutting it. And it becomes jargon. It becomes buzzwords. It's just a matter of whether it becomes pervasive right. or if it just becomes something that kind of dwindles off. When we were cooking up this episode, I, I the idea for this episode, I, um, I, I it was funny because I caught myself using a lot of these as we were discussing. I said we'll touch base or I'll circle back, you know, like these silly, like circle back yeah. is another one. Like, <laughs> I understand circle comes, you know, it comes back around. It doesn't, but I don't know. Why does, why would, if I'm going to get back to you, why do I say I'm going to sir? I'll circle I'll back cir- with you. <laughs> I, where did, where did that one come from? Maybe I mean, we need to start a crusade. 
Yeah. To just be a little bit more direct. A little to circle bit back, you say, we'll talk on Monday. Yes. Well, that's – and that's what I was getting into with the idea of circle back. There's another one so – there's circle back and another one that I sort of hate. And I use all the time, so I'm not immune to this by any stretch. I find myself a lot of times in emails saying, I just wanted to reach out or <laughs> I just wanted to I know. Just. This use of the word just, why do I – I don't know why I say that. We and all do it. And, but, but I feel like that's – it's an interesting one because I feel like it's only when – when I'm emailing somebody who is higher than me in, in the company or, or, or at another company or, you know, um, somebody who, you know, I don't want to, like, ruffle – you don't want to ruffle any feathers in any way. You don't, you, you don't want to bother them. You feel like you might be bothering them by sending them an email. It's like, I just wanted to check and see if you had a chance to review what, you know, whatever. And there are these – And it's this very timid thing and I think people need to get that out of their email. Absolutely. There are these niceties that we use and there's – buzzwords that are either from subordinates or from those that are in, in a leadership position and we use them differently so you'll notice in a lot of emails client emails are a great example they're peppered with these almost insecurities the i just wanted to sorry to bother you yep the uh, even things like hope your your day is going smoothly <laughs> something like that yeah yeah and hope this email finds you well even Signatures, all the best, best regards, warm regards. Right, yes. Uh, I'm going to go back to sincerely, I think. Sincerely, yeah. But I think on the flip side, there are people in these alpha positions that have buzzwords of their own. Right. You can only say the phrase, let's take this offline, if you are in a position to end that conversation. Yes. Someone in a junior position (laughs) will not say, I'm sorry, boss. Let's take this offline. Let's talk about this at a different time in front of. Yeah, you usually yeah. say that when you're in front of people that you don't want to hear the conversation. Right. So it would be like at Thanksgiving if my mom and I got into a political discussion. My mom would be like, "Michael, let's take this offline. <laughs> Your grandma can't hear this conversation <laughs> right. right now." Yeah. And or would she say, "Let's table this for later." Let's table. <laughs> and they're able to do that because right. they're right. in that position. Yeah. Yeah. It, and sometimes buzzwords are a sign of the hierarchy. Yeah. Of the even in the peers using it as the alpha beta, the um, I'll circulate next steps. Yeah. The yeah. There's that. <laughs> you compile action items. Yes. The <laughs> next steps and action items. Two words that mean exactly the same yeah. thing, <laughs> but one sounds power packed. Yeah. Like action, action items, items is in theater this summer. <laughs> Next steps is on CBS. Like it's one is a big blockbuster yeah. movie. Yes. The other is just the yeah comes after NCIS. Yeah. Just there's a Touch by an Angel spinoff yeah. called Next Steps. <laughs> jargon doesn't have to be bad. Jargon is as funny as it is to joke around about it and have an Instagram account about it and these buzzwords. Jargon is your part of the club. Right. Um, jargon, if you are in any sort of social setting, is a way of almost rewarding someone culturally. So the way that Boy Scouts would use merit badges, jargon is kind of, you're in on the secret. Right. Like, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. One of my favorite stories is uh, one of my colleagues was giving a presentation to a bunch of engineers. And they were giving a, a presentation and they pointed to a line graph and they said, and we're saying exponential growth. 
just through it because I say exponential, it just means very big. Very big. Just of we're seeing growth that's big numbers. Yep. And it was a largely flat line, and all of the engineers in the room were like, "That's not exponential. Exponential. It has to go up on a, a cosine. Yeah. It has to have a, a curve that you could track." And it's just it's a word that meant something in another industry. Yes. We don't have a deep financial understanding of that word. Right. And then it lost all its meaning yeah. here. Right. And that's when jargon works against us. Yes. But sometimes it's really great. So thank you once again to Michael DeSalvo for joining and being a very gracious and awesome guest. And um, I'm back here with Carter now. And Carter, um, so what are your thoughts on office jargon, buzzwords, phrases, etc.? Well, to you know, stay on our hashtag brand of um, doom and gloom about every topic. Um, the the thing that stood out most to me was uh, when Michael talked a little bit about like the exclusionary nature of jargon and how it can really like create these in groups and out groups um, within a, a certain issue. Um, one thing I thought about was how if you were like are in some of the like darker corners of the internet where it's like a lot of like forums and you know where a lot of like memes are generated there's this real culture like insular culture and it's almost like a a, like bastardized version of the english language where it's like you have to know all of the jargon to even follow what is being said and it ends up if you can read it it's like really awful stuff but if you can't read it it just looks like like bad jokes right so it's actually using jargon um in a in in, intentionally using it in a sort of nefarious way to sort of hide as a it's a as as, um as a way to sort of keep keep the like true meaning of something hidden not just like how michael and i talk about how a term or a or something can the meaning can change over time that's sort of a natural thing that sort of happens over the course of a long period of time but what you're talking about is using uh, sort of codes, code words and stuff to, as a as a way to to sort of suppress the actual meaning for the people on the outside. Yeah, it's like right. it's like a cipher, like using right. it as a veil almost, where you're yeah, where you're able to sort of express some really awful thoughts about a subject, but in a way that only other people who agree with your awful opinions can read. Right. So it's kind, it's like it's pretty interesting, and it, it's like. A little bit dangerous, a little bit just like weird if you think about it. Right. Um, how these sort of, you know, in groups are formed. And I mean, this isn't to say that, you know, in groups that use jargon are only used for nefarious purposes. Like, I'm sure. No, if, most are not, I think. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah. Like, I'm sure if you listen to me and my friends from college talk, we would have inside jokes and, you know, different patterns of speech that would be very different than, you know, you and your friends or sure. my girlfriend and her friends. It's yeah. just like it's any sort of subculture. I mean any any sort of um not not even necessarily closed off, but any any sort of uh just just group, just subgroup, um, naturally creates its own sort of language. Yeah. Um and so any you know you could be on a uh, on a, a film set and you'll have no idea what they're talking about but the people who work in that industry every single day are speaking the same language same yeah. as being out on a commercial fishing boat or being in a boardroom at a at a media agency yeah. I and mean, it's all, all these subgroups create their own sort of language and again it sort of just happens naturally 
So it's not necessarily, uh, it's not a bad thing in and of itself, um, even though it can certainly be used for, for sort of nefarious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the keys and what we're, what we're getting at here is, is that it's also good to be cognizant of the fact that the subgroup or, or culture that you're a part of is creating this and has this um, sort of as part of its culture because you don't want to be most of the times you don't want to be exclusionary and we want to you know it's good to be cognizant of the fact that these that we're creating these things and that um, if we want to and when we want to invite other people to get more diverse opinions and more diverse thought we need to make sure that we're like literally speaking the same language as, yeah. as everybody else yeah and I mean David Brooks wrote that like infamous sandwich article in 2016 where he talked about how you know people felt excluded because they didn't know what like panino meant or something like that and that's you know it's a little bit ridiculous but i think the larger point probably does hold water where if you if someone is coming into a new like a new work situation and everyone is like conversant in the way we talk about finance for instance and there's you know all these acronyms flying around we're talking about systems all sorts of stuff and you're just expecting the person to pick up on that without giving them any context or without kind of slowing down and saying no let's speak in english we're really saying we need you to create an invoice that will pay the vendor (laughs) not like hey can you cut a po for me what what does that mean like you want me to slice the paper i have no i have no idea what that means please help yeah and it also it, it can definitely um a lot of these things, even within industries, uh, don't translate across different companies. I mean, different companies use all sorts of different systems, and the characteristics of that, even smaller subculture, in, in inevitably in, in turn create its own little language. And so it takes it can take time for people, uh, you know. And look, some people are going to pick up on these things quicker than others. Some are not going to care, and some will laugh it off. But you know, you don't want somebody, you know, if you're you hire a new person and, and you know, you want to bring them onto the team in a smooth manner, like you don't want them going home being like embarrassed that they didn't understand something in a meeting because you were talking about a, a program or something that you only, you know, your company uses and they're yeah. new to it. Like, you know, we need to, you know, it's just, it's just good to be cognizant of it. And, that, and that's why it's best to like speak as plainly as possible, I think, you know, most of the time or just not plainly, but just more as clearly as possible. Yeah, say say what you're trying to say. Right. And I think this is like a little bit larger issue than jargon, but a lot of times in our in our industry, you end up kind of talking around the issue or trying to like almost make the person guess what you want them to do because right. it's like more polite than asking. Yes. It's like I just wanted to check in and see. Oh yeah. It's like just. Just ask, and I mean, yes. I do this all the time. But like, just ask. Right. I feel like people are, are more receptive if you just ask. Yeah. No, and there's yeah, there's a certain um, yeah. It, it comes from a, a place of like wanting to be polite and not wanting to overstep. But yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just need what you need at that moment. Yeah. And you know, as long as you're like respectful and not <laughs> like <laughs> demanding things yeah. loudly or or emailing in all caps. Don't ever know, do that. Don't ever do that. But you know, be be clear about what you want, and you know, cut to the chase. Sometimes it'll it just that's the best way to do it. Well, there was that like, what was it last? Did you see the thing last? Maybe it was like a couple months ago. It was like my American friend translator, 
And no, it was like, I didn't. It was like a list of things that Americans say and what they actually mean by that. Okay. And it was like, we should get drinks actually means like, I'm never going to call you again. Or like, I'll get that right over to you means like, I'll send that to you in three weeks. Right. It's yes. just kind of like, <laughs> as a culture, we're very, like a work culture, we're very like accommodating to requests, but we also have like 19 <laughs> things on the to-do list. So right. it's kind of like... Oh yes, I'll get that to you right away. It's like, yeah. mm, that's mm, no, probably not not gonna happen. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. It is, yeah. Um, all right, jargon. I guess we'll close the loop there. Sure. I will be sure to. Uh, I'll be sure to touch base with you when. <laughs> no, no, no. We just talked. We just talked about how this was bad. Yeah. After this, we are going to edit. <laughs> cut and post, post this, episode this episode for your listening pleasure, pleasure in your ears. We hope you download it, listen to it, and share it with all your friends. Thank you. This has been an Ogilvy production. Our sound engineer is Ken Meyer, and our music and special effects are produced by Alan Hotchkiss. You, you, you gonna do now, you, you, you gonna